Welcome back to the next part of this Truth and Rhythm episode. Be sure to subscribe to this channel. If you've already done so, please share it with friends. Also become a member by joining Truth and Rhythm on Patreon or consider donating at funkinstuff.net. Thank you so much for your interest and support. Enjoy. To get the, the, the chronology and credits right, Aaron, uh, were you on Alligator Woman? No, I wasn't on them. That's Michael Burnett. I wasn't on four four cameo albums. I wasn't on them. Um, no, that's Michael Burnett. He's a great bass. He's he passed. He's passed. He was a great bass player. They took my place in cameo. So what record great did you, what record did you come back on? I came back uh, on Word Up. Word Up. All yes, right. Word Up. Yeah, so Alligator Woman's mm -hmm. Style, She's Strange, and Single Life, um, you were gone. And uh, 86, yeah, we're gone. Okay. 86, Word Up mm -hmm. came. So um, do you have any idea, though, Aaron, why the group um, cut down its members like so much? Was it because of the style they wanted to change, or was it because it saved money? Or Well, I think it was... At that time, uh, you know, you had a lot of two and three artists out there, two people, three people in a group, and Larry wanted to scale it down for commercial reasons, you know, because having a group with 10 people in it, you couldn't, I mean, you know, it's just... I really don't know why, Scott. I don't know. <laughs> People do some of the strangest things sometimes, you know. Well, it was impressive. Though. It was impressive though that the group, you know, kept still, you know, being uh, in there with a, a hit record every year, pretty much, even though the personnel changed and you know it just kept rolling. Mm -hmm. um, right. Yeah, and it, you, it was good. You also went and did some other projects like Ramsey Lewis and Charles Earland, and that Charles Earland is a funky record. I really like that one. Yeah, Charles Earland. Yeah, he's um, organist, and um, that was a funky record. And we did uh, some work with um, Ramsey Lewis. It was great. And uh, I also did some stuff with Outkast that was really great. People don't know, but I played uh, on Sorry, uh, Miss Jackson. Also, Hey Y'all, big records, bigger than Cameo's records. And uh, Prototype played on a few, you know, it's, 
And in other words, it's like this. Once you do something, if you got anything to offer people, somebody's going to hear you, somebody's going to need you, or give you a shot to play on their record. And that, that's why I, I take every recording serious. I turn, I leave no coins unturned. I play, I play from the heart, straight from the heart. How, how, did, how, did, how did you make the connection with the outcast guys? Well, we had just come in from Atlanta, um, from Japan to Atlanta. And I was laying in bed sleep when we got to Atlanta. And somebody about five o'clock in the morning knocks on my door. And this, this engineer by the name of Shy Boy, and he says, Aaron, Come on, man, I want you to come play some tracks. I was like, you talking about recording some tracks? And he said, yeah, man. I said, he says, uh, with the outcast. I'm like, I didn't, you know, I mean, I had heard of them, but, you know, 5 o'clock in the morning, going to record? So I got up thinking to myself, well, this must be something. You know, you come to get me at 5 o'clock in the morning, I know we're going to do some tracks. And uh, we went took me down to the studio, stank on you, and um, I recorded with Outkast. And believe me, I didn't know how big those guys were going to be. Those guys were huge, and they are huge now. And uh, that goes to show you, you always got to be ready, stay on top of your game, and you get there. That's all I can say. What uh, what what has been your experiences with uh, Andre and and Big Boy and my experiences? Yeah, I mean, how well do you know them? You know, have you perform <laughs> perform with them? Never performed with them, but um, I did go on the road. I taught Dre bass for a minute, and we would kick it kick it around. You know, Dre three thousand and. You know, kick the bass around and kick, like kicking the can, just kicking the kicking the bass. You know, showing skills and stuff like that, and uh, that's why he's he's the uh, musician and artist that he is. He's open minded. You know, he's always reaching for something. And that's what I remember about Dre and Big Boy, and them. they were great. They were serious, serious rappers. I don't even call, I don't even think in terms of those guys as being rappers, even though they rap, but they are just smart. They're smart. Very smart. And that's what it takes to be in this business. They're original. They were, they are original. And that's, they got it. They, they got it. They got the whole package. And, what was the, uh, how did it go when you got back with Cameo? Uh, did you reach out to them? Did Larry reach out to you? Uh, how did that happen? Getting back in Cameo when I came back to Cameo? Yeah. How'd that happen? You know, I never thought about that. Because while I was out, I was always in touch with Larry. I knew everything what was going on with Cameo. He said, one day we'll hook up and do it again. I said, okay. But, uh, when I came back in Cameo, it was it's like, you know, 
like putting on a broke pair of shoes. You already broke them in, you know. Shoes they fit. It's just it was a fit like a, a hand in glove. It's just natural fit. So we just picked up the pieces and took off again. Well, why That's did that is? Why did the base chair open up again at that point? I I I I I I don't know, but it was open and I took the chair. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I took the yeah, you went back to your rightful your rightful throne in the base chair there. Um, what, yes, what what do you remember about uh, recording the word up tracks though? Because you know, obviously, that crossed cameo over and got him to a whole different level of fame and popularity. Man, it's been so long. Word up, doing word up. I mean, cameo was at the forefront. It's like. I looked at it as like we're doing another record, just another record. You know, it's just do this record and move on to the next. Nothing uh, ex exciting about it. You know, just playing the groove, playing what everybody wants to hear. Well, for and, you, uh, Aaron, that was the first time that you played with them, though, in that, you know, smaller, uh, you know, group. Uh, how was it? different from when you used to play with, you know, the big group of Cameo versus the smaller group? Well, the smaller group, I mean, naturally, it opens, it opened it up. It's just open. You know, you could play, or I could play anything. I'm basically what I wanted to play, as long as it's uh, in the realm of what we're doing. And um, it just gave me more freedom. And there's people to run into on stage. <laughs> yeah. Did you come up with that uh, bass riff for Word Up? Larry, that's Larry's group. Yeah, that's Larry Blackman. Yeah. When earlier when you said, Aaron, that you know you were drawing the bass because it was like candy, you know, and then this record you actually had the candy track. Yeah, well, that that record there. I mean, like some songs, Larry would write write the bass lines, or whoever could come up with the bass lines. They would come up with the bass line, and it would be left for me to interpret that and record it. You know what I'm saying? You right. know, somebody said da 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 da. Oh, you talking about? <laughs> You know, you, you just record it, that's all. Makes no difference who come up with it, as long as it's, it's, it's hot and it's good. That's how Cameo was, you know. At least that's the way I feel. Did you go out on the tours after uh, Word Up caught fire? Oh, yeah. Went out on the tours, London, all those places. I, I toured with Cameo. I am Cameo's bass player. As of now, so and glad to be there. What was it like when you know you must have been playing like all time bigger venues and bigger crowds after Word Up was a pop crossover hit like that? The Word Up was huge, and the play we were playing like stadiums and 
I mean, the crowd would be crazy. It's, it's, it's mad, man. It's mad. It's mad. I have mad love for people that love cameo. I'm music, any, any musician shit. I have mad love for their audience. The fans are great, you know. And uh, when you hear somebody say, oh, yeah, I know that. I know you played on that. That's That's good, you know. But what... You know, that's what it's about. It's about giving, giving, and you give and you receive. So it was, it was great for me. And you were on all those subsequent albums, uh, Machismo and uh, uh, Real Men Wear Black, Emotional Violence, uh, Sexy Sweet Thing, and also on Tommy's solo record. Yes, on a few records. I've been on some of them I've forgotten I was on. Some of them I may have been on and some of them I won't. But it makes no difference. I'm still in cameo. Mm -hmm. uh, That's did you the have way it is. Did you have crossover with uh, Charlie Singleton? Did I play with Charlie Singleton? Y yeah, were you in, in the group at the same time when he came in? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was there when Charlie came in. Charlie's a great musician, man. You know what I think? He's the best musician that's out there. He's a winner. Believe me, Charlie is great. He and he shows it. He's a great musician, a great person. Much much of my love, my heart goes out to Charlie Singleton. He's a great musician. When God made him, he didn't he threw away the mold. That's how good Charlie is. Yeah. Yeah. Play anything. Bill, make anything. He's great. He's a great individual. What would you say um, are a couple of aspects that are sort of identifiable about your bass style? You know, is there like something you favor in your technique that's kind of, you think, identifiable as Aaron Mills' bass? Um. You know, um, I don't know what it is. I don't know. I just play. I don't know what it is. People may love, you know, I don't do much popping these days. I'm not a pop freak like I used to be. Slap, slap, if you want to say that. But I just believe in playing the bass, you know. You want to slap it, slap it. You want to pop it, pop it. You want to pizzicato with your fingers to do that as long as it's happening as long as it's good and funky but I, I i just i just play man you know i don't know what it is you know i hear guys say well you know he does this so well and stuff i don't know i'm just playing that's the gift that's why it's a gift you know, I don't know. God gave me the gift. Y'all said that's God what it is. Maybe you get that full answer. But I just play it. I just, when I grab the bass like I played in church today, I just play. You know, being able to uh, adapt to what genre of music, that's what it's about for me. You know, if you're going to play some reggae, if a reggae song came on, can you play reggae? 
It's a jazz tune on. Can you play play jazz? Funk song, same with that. That's how I grew up playing. It didn't make a difference what style of music I was playing. You know, you got to be able to play a little bit of everything. Versatility. Yeah, be versatile. And sometimes that's hard for some guys to do. You know, you get locked in, into one thing and before you know it, that guy, he only plays this. Well, I don't want to be categorized as that. I want to be called the guy that can play a little bit of everything. He can, Yeah, he can play some reggae. He can play some funk. He can play country and western, too. That's me. So like a jack of all trades. Well, the beauty of that, too, I think, Aaron, is if you can do that, you can bring little elements of those other genres. You can cross read them, you know, you yeah. can inter interweave them a little bit and it makes it more unique. Certainly. Yes, you can. That's right. Picture somebody that only, only plays uh, rock and roll stuck in that one, one slot can't go out of it. Can't get out. of. don't know how to get out of that slot. He's going to be frustrated every time he grabs his instrument. Can you, you know, he can't do, you know, you only can do so much, even with jazz. You know, you want to be able to walk the bass. You want to be able to slap it. You want to be able to do a little everything. I don't mean you have to be the best, but be able to do a little of everything, a little bit well. It's better than a guy not being able to do it. So that's how I look at it. Aaron, what, what are your favorite cameo songs to play? Um, of course, cameosis, um, single life, word up candy, keep it hot. Those are my favorite songs. Sparkle. Yes. Feel me? That's get it. A single life was one that you, you weren't on that record, right? No, I wasn't on it, but I love it. Hmm. I love it. I like how Mike Burnett played that. I love how he played that. Well, I think that speaks well to your, you know, open-mindedness to embrace it like that, even though you didn't do the original. Oh, yes. You know, for a guy, you know, I'm not the jealous type, you know, like just because I didn't do it don't mean, you know, that it's, it's happening. I want to, I got to give him his credit. He played the hell out of that. He he was a great bass player. I didn't, man, I was cameo great. I mean, all the blessings in the world. Just because I didn't do it doesn't mean that it's not good. You know, that's another thing. Too many musicians out here, uh, people just in general in the world, think that if they didn't do something or have to come up with it, or it is, it's nothing going to down talk somebody, you better look out. It'll slap you right in the face. You have to be stay humble. You have to be humble and give credit what credits do. So it didn't, you know, it doesn't bother me one bit. I thank Mike Burnett. I thank him. 
you know, he took took Manuel and he took it somewhere where he, where he envisioned it to be. You know, that's great. That's that's a, the makings of a great musician. Did you ever um, get a, a bass solo spotlight in any of the shows? Oh yeah, I've had several bass solos. Yes, sir. I had um, a show in London we did, and uh, you know, I'm going to take a bass solo. And uh, I forget what song it was on, but anyway, right when the solo came, I was coming out, coming out, and the lights were on, hit me right in the eyes, and I tripped over the monitors and fell in the audience. Well, fell on the floor. <laughs> That's how that turned out. I hit I hit a about a five foot drop head first. Bam, knocked my bass all out of tune. I was embarrassed, had dirt on the side of my face from people, you know, they just all the people spread it like the Red Sea. So uh, yeah, but I've had some solos. It took a while to get back up to do that, but I, I've had plenty of solos. That is wild. You uh, you weren't hurt though. You were okay. Yeah, I was okay. I was stunned for a moment. It took me about three weeks to take another solo though. <laughs> I tell you, that was something. Did, yeah. did, the, did the guys did the guys razz you about that? Man, when it happened, everybody was laughing. Even the, the crowd was laughing. The audience was laughing. I thought, you know, you know how you see people dive off, jump off the stage, and they catch him, catch the person. Right. They parted like Red Sea. <laughs> yeah. Like like a V. Man, they parted and let me hit the hit the floor. Man, I, I was almost. Wee, I was dazed. Wow. But well, I made it through. Yeah, you survived that. Yep. No. I've had a couple uh, incidents on stage. You know, I've been cut my eye. Had to go get stitches for that. You know, several little accidents on stage where they're going to happen. You know, but the name of the game. Is there a, a cameo track or two that... um you know, was not a hit that you really kind of like, and you think uh, maybe it should have gotten more attention, or you think people should go back and like and check it out. Um, and some tracks, yeah, I can't remember any names, but uh, some tracks, uh, like this one track, Miles Davis is on In the Night. That was a good track. Um, I forget what album it was on, but In the Night, you heard that track by Cameo? Yeah, it's an instrumental, right? Yeah, it's an instrumental. That was a great track. And, um, man, there's so many tracks that don't get heard, you know, get their attention like they should get. But, um, as they say in the music business, you win some, you lose some. Well, speaking, Everything's good. Speaking of that, why do you think the hits kind of uh, slowed down for Cameo uh, in the 90s? Well, in order to stay on top of the game in this business, you have to 
keep recording, keep coming up with something new. And sometimes that gets to be hard when you got a hard head leader, you know, um, you know, one person leading everything, um, just to be, can get stagnated, stagnant, I should say. But uh, anyway, that's that. To sum it up for you, you know where I'm coming from. Yeah, well, I felt there was, I don't know if it was a record label or, or Larry's uh, decision, but it seemed like there was a lot of effort to sort of recapture the word up vibe. Mm-hmm, right. And once, you know, you do a record, that's gone. That's gone. You know, it's like you got to turn the page. You got to get, go back, get down in the trenches and rehearse. The band needs to jam. Basically, that's what it is. You're not creating anymore. There's no one person but Stevie Wonder can do that shit like that. You know, just to do what he wants to do. And, you know, and... You know, when you got a band, you got to keep it fresh. You got to stay on top of your game. You got to. Yeah, or or Prince kept changing things yeah, up. Prince. Well, oh, in time, it would have probably called Prince. Did you ever? I don't have, know. But... Did you ever uh, meet uh, or cross paths with uh, like uh, Prince or Bootsy or George Clinton or any of these other sort of uh, funk iconic people we haven't talked about? Oh yes, yes. I I met every one of those guys you name. I met them. Met them. They were down earth, good to be around with. That's, I mean, you know, in order, you know what? What gets me about a lot of entertainers gets on my nerves. You know, you get where you you making you you know you get the big head. They don't know how to stay humble. You got to stay humble to stay on top. You're gonna stay humble. I met Prince. First time I met Prince, I was in Canada. And uh, we were having breakfast that morning. He, somebody said, here come the Prince. And I'm, I'm looking, where's the Prince? I found it, you know, I'm looking for a Prince. In comes this little short guy with, a, with, with them high heels and shoes on. Floor clacking the floor. Click, 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 click. He's just walking. I said, that's Prince. Hey man, how you doing? Very, very shy guy, but it was, it was, it was cool. It was down to earth. Boosie, cool, down to earth. You know, George Clinton. Oh hell, George down to earth. Most people are like that, man. But you know, one thing that turned me off is big egos. Big egos. <laughs> I hate to see our people, especially our people, get on an ego trip and don't know how to, can't survive. You can't make it like that. You got to stay level-headed. Did, did Rick James we, fall into that category? Oh, Rick James. Now I met Rick. He was like that. Had an ego. But... Still, he was cool with everybody, you know. Rick, 
Nick was Rick. He was Rick. Did Cameo person? Did Cameo? Did Cameo do any shows uh, with Rick James and the Stone City Band? Oh yeah, we did. We did a tour together. I forget what year it was in, but uh, we toured with Rick. Uh, we had Super Freaking, and he had that. What's that song he had? At? Uh, She's a freak. Nah, freak. Nah, freak. Nah, 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 nah. It is Super yeah, Freak. Yeah, Super Freak. Yeah, Super Freak. Yeah, yeah, that was a freak tour. Man, that was a wild tour. <laughs> yes, sir. Yep. That was a good tour. Plenty, plenty, plenty of everything on that tour. So, um, you got some new tunes, you got some new music, and I appreciate you sending that over so I could listen. I really enjoyed it, uh, Aaron. And, um, you know, I got, I got thoughts, thoughts and feedback on all of them. I don't know if, you know, <laughs> whether you want it or not, but, uh, uh I want to hear the feedback. What's the feedback? I, mean, I need to hear that. Uh, well, very cool. Especially, you know, for me as the funk guy, uh, independent, you know, that one is hard. That one's really jamming. That's the, that's the most funky one. Uh-huh. Uh, rumbling bass, uh, and that synthesizer in it reminds me a little bit of the synth from Summer Madness. Okay. Which is not a, you know, that's a good thing, I think, because that's a, a classic. Um, and, you know, of course, that, on the star. yeah, you got a cover of uh, Wishing Off Star. That's like really cool. It's like a uh, jazzy take. Um, mm -hmm. You got your little uh, jazzy bass, uh, you know, things going through it. So that was really cool, too. Um, right. paper is another funky one. You got a little more hip hop flavor in that, and and also um, a little bit like uh, sort of the cameo style meets the time, you know, with some rap in there too. Yeah. Okay. Um, the the drum sound in particular is a little bit of cameo type. Mm -hmm. And uh, freedom, you know. Uh, that's more of a, I guess that's more of the most standard type thing in terms of um, with a vocal and, you know, your bass is really yeah. active, active on it. Um, and uh, who's cool? Another real jazzy. And I uh, like your uh, bass solo is cool in that one. Okay. Well, Scott, you know what? Now, uh, Freedom, you believe it is or not, believe me or not, that's my son singing that song. Oh, yeah. Wow. That's Brandon Marcel. He sings with um, Leon Bridges. Wow, nice. How, how, old is he? how old is he? Brandon, he's about 33, 34, somewhere in there. That's Brandon Marcel Mills. Pull him up on the internet. Oh, he's talented. How many kids do you have? I got five boys. All of them musicians. All of them can play and sing and do something. Wow. I'm going to get them. If I can get them together, I'm going to do a, a, a Mills, Mills Brothers album. Hopefully, I hope to do that one day. Yeah, but um, very what? talented. What what inspired you to do the uh, wishing on a star? 
wishing upon a star. Um, this is just a song I feel that I could do it, you know, do it justice. At least, you know, it's, it has a good, great melody, and uh, it's a, you know, you could do. I feel you could do a great jazz thing with that, you know. Add some percussions to it. It's just a great song to do. It's one of those songs that grows on you. I always really like the melody of that one, too. Um, Rose Royce. Did you guys ever do any shows with Rose Royce? Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. We did. Let me tell you, man, I'm telling you the truth right now. There is nobody from the 80s, 70s, 80s, and the 90s that we haven't played with. I mean that we've been on the show with him, except Michael Jackson, you know, Madonna, somebody like that. But we play with everybody, man. Well, who's who's one who's one or two then? Who's one or two then that you thought brought it the hardest on stage, aside from you guys? Um, I tell you, man, that that group Pleasure and um. Who else? I, I just, just only think of pleasure, man. I, that group there just impressed me so much. They were on fire the, the times that I played with them. They were huge. They, they were great. They were great. I had uh, Nate Phillips on the show with uh, Michael Hepburn from Pleasure. Um, those guys were great to talk to also. Oh, yeah, I can imagine. Next time you talk to Nathan, tell him I said hello. I will. Yeah, mm -hmm. he's a, you know, you talk about no no ego and down to earth. Those guys definitely are that. Yeah, he's a great guy, man. Well, that glide bass line still is just incredible to me. Yes, it is. It is incredible. <laughs> it's incredible. Who would have thought of that? I mean, Nathan was, oh man, that's, that's, that's impeccable, man. Ooh, I, Lord have mercy. I agree. Are there um, maybe two or three other of your favorite, like, funk bass lines by other people? Maybe, what now? I said, are there a couple of other, let's say Glide is one. Are there a couple of other bass lines by other people that are your favorites? Uh, uh, uh not many. Um, mm, Slave, Mark Adams, play some good, interesting bass lines. Um, Mandrill. Mandrill, yeah. Yeah. That's about it. You know, I mean, I, I go back and listen at that stuff now. Mandrill was hot. They were hot. Yeah, when you talk about being able to play different genres, they brought a bunch of them together with what they did, too. Oh, yes. Yes. A, a cut fence walk is, you know, that, that's funky. 
That's true funk. That's funk right there. Did you get to meet Miles yeah. Davis? Oh, yes, sir. I met Miles Davis. Mm-hmm. Wow. Was there anybody that you were sort of starstruck by? I mean, was he one of them? Miles. You know, I mean, after meeting Bird, I mean, Bird was no Miles, but considered, I would consider Bird in that same genre of music and categorized, but, uh, category, but Miles, he's just the innovator of all people. He's like a prince. I mean, you know, he's so cool, yet so so hard and fresh. He's everything that a musician should be. You know, I, you know, Miles is my hat off to him. He's like great. He's great. So, uh, is there anything that we didn't uh, cover that you got, you got any other stories, uh, from like some show that, uh, you guys did or, or something else that we missed? Um, no, I'm ready to go eat. I don't know about you, Scott. I haven't <laughs> eaten yet. <laughs> I can't stand between a man, a man and his appetite, you know? Yeah, I'm going to keep it real with you. Old boy, getting hungry now. Yeah, I heard that. Okay, well, look, uh, how tell the people how they can uh, keep up with what you're doing and, and, and know when that new music comes out. All right. This is Aaron Neal speaking. You can keep up with me. Do watch this interview, and I'm on Facebook and YouTube, and you're going to hear some new music from Aaron Mills, the Aaron Mills Project, in about two weeks. Scott, Scott just gave me my review. <laughs> I'm going to drop, get that paper. I think I'm going to go with that one, Scott. And so is it, are you going to put out an EP or just singles or what? I'm going to put out a single first, just to drop a single, do a video and drop a single. All right. Well, hey, everyone watching, listening, definitely pick that up. It's a jam and it brings together all those uh, elements, like I said. And uh, Aaron, man, congratulations. Thanks for sharing all these stories and thanks for all the great music, man, you've brought to us in those bass lines. Well, it's my pleasure. I wish everybody well and good day. Thank you, Scott, for having me. Really, I want to commend you on that. And uh, if thyself be true. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Truth and Rhythm. A big thank you goes out to our guest as well as to you, the viewer and listener. Also, much gratitude to Pleasure for supplying the show's funky opening and closing music. As a reminder, you can always access the complete list of linked shows by episode at funkinstuff.net. I urge you to support this program and receive the extra benefits along with that by subscribing to the Funk and Stuff channel on YouTube and sharing it with funk, R&B, and jazz lovers, joining Truth and Rhythm's membership program at Patreon, submitting a donation at funkinstuff.net, buying Everything is on the One, the first guide to funk book, at Amazon, shopping at the Funky Things store for cool merchandise at funkinstuff.net, and linking 
through funkinstuff.net for all of your Amazon purchases. In addition, if you're an artist or anyone seeking proven results-oriented professional marketing, PR, writing, or editing consultation or production, check out the media services section at funkinstuff.net. Also, I encourage you to drop me a line at scottg at funkinstuff.net. I love the feedback, suggestions, guest requests, appearance and sponsorship inquiries, and just talking about my favorite subject, groove-based music. For now, and as always, this is Scott Dr. GX Goldfine saying, keep on keep vibing on to the rhythm of the one.